Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This episode of the Warriors Huddle is brought to you by the Athletic Club Oakland, a sports bar we just love. If you listen to this podcast, you enjoy watching sports, and you already know that watching games with other fans just makes the experience better. Look, obviously, watching a Warriors game on your own is fine. I've done it for years. But watching the game in a place that lets me scream and cheer and just generally lose my shit with other dub fans is so much more fun. COVID stole that opportunity for a while, but the ACO has given it back. The Athletic Club Oakland has shut down their entire side street, created an enormous outdoor space called the Town Gardens, and filled that space with tables, more than 15 huge TVs, and their full complement of great food and drinks. It's big, it's comfortable, it's a great spot to watch Steph continue to rain threes during this incredible Warrior season, the NFL playoffs, or any other sport with fans while still staying safe. I love this bar. I love their food, I love their space, I love their TVs. I even love that it's family friendly. I can go there with friends and get way too passionate, or I can go with just my wife and kid and enjoy brunch while catching a game. The Athletic Club is now my go-to spot to watch all sports, especially the Warriors, and I hope you'll join us there. The Athletic Club Oakland, where sports fans can be sports fans again. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are in the Warriors huddle with me, Bram. No markers today, but with me, per usual, my master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? And after way too long, rejoining us, the host of the Morning Roast on 95.7 The Game, a man who has used his passion and knowledge of Bay Area sports to ascend to the top of the sports radio game, and a guy who has taken the indefinite cancellation of the Gilroy Garlic Festival way too hard, Mr. Joe Shasky. What's going on, Joe? What's up? I mean, when I think Gilroy, I think of Jeff Garcia, Outlets, and Garlic. I'm sad. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what can I say? What am I going to tell you? Uh, here's what I'll tell you. One, I don't really ever think of Gilroy, so you've got me beaten. There. Okay. Two, okay. I mean, let's just give him the compliment he deserves, Maxine. Bring everybody in. So this is the second open we've recorded. I just did like <laughs> the exact same open, and then after I finished, my Zoom canceled on me. We had to come back in, and I just basically word for word, same open. Joe hands it like a fucking pro, dude. Like pretending Look, like he hadn't heard it. It's just nicely done. Dude, let me tell you something. Uh, Maxime, I don't know how old you are. Bram and I are like about the same age. There's a Sprite commercial I reference all the time. And the young kids at work at the studio don't get it. And I'm like, Kobe! And he goes up, not Kobe in the Chappelle where he goes to shoot. Kobe when he goes up to dunk in the Sprite commercial oh, yeah. and gets hung up by the rim. And so anytime somebody gets hung up on something, hung up at the rim, I, I, I do the Kobe Sprite commercial. And Bram, that first introduction that people won't hear was you getting hung up on the rim. Yeah, I mean, I think I preferred it better when we pretended like that didn't happen. But, you know, whatever. I'll take it. Also, another piece of uh, unspoken sporting Ma- rule. Maxime, 
You have no idea what we're talking no, about. No, no idea. No, okay. Yeah. I was just about to say, <laughs> no, another piece of unspoken rules on this show, we do not fucking ask Maxine Mallory. He's punked uh, me a few times. He's told me he's uh, uh, he has cut the cord. He's made me feel hell of old in a bunch of different ways, dude. So, so be careful wow. because this is a dangerous category. Let me tell you something. So let me show you how old I am. So we, we got a new place uh, up north and it's like a little home away from home. I'm like, I'm not getting no cable. I'm cutting everything. This is going to be great because I subscribe to everything. You know what I mean? I tried to just watch the Giants game. Okay. It's freaking impossible. And I've considered myself pretty tech savvy. And it was like, you're not in your main primary home of residence and you cannot stream the game on this Wi-Fi device. You have to be in your home residence. Well, I don't know how people have cut the cord. I've now cut the apps and I'm going straight back to the cord. I'm all cord, all cord, bro. Hundred. Uh, I went to San Diego. Um, this is actually, we're going to be talking about San Diego down the line here, but last year I went to San Diego, visited a friend. He's a Warriors fan living down there. And he yeah. had, I forget what it was. YouTube TV, something. Yeah, something yeah, yeah. Cut the fucking cord. So we come back to watch the game. The entire time he's telling me like, Oh, look, it, it's exactly the same. It's, it's everything. Great. No problems. dude. Yep. We started up, spent 30 minutes trying to get it to fucking start. Never got it. And I was like, I told them, like, oh, I totally understand. No problem. Internally, I'm never cutting the call. I don't give a shit. <laughs> exactly. shit how much I need to know that I could just start the game when I want to start the game. There can't be any other stuff. I got ESPN Plus, Hulu. I got the Disney. I got HBO Max. I've got literally everything that you can have. My cousin's got the YouTube TV. We're signing into all these things. I'm like, can you just put the damn Giants game on? What is going on here? It was driving me bananas. The very next day, I called up Xfinity, and I'm like, get the box out here. I don't care what it is. I'm cutting all the apps. I'm going back to the cord. There's a 95% chance we're talking to a Maxim hologram. You know, and he doesn't give a fuck about it. He's already said all this shit. I'd be so far ahead of us. Maxime, defend yourself, dude. How do you watch games with the uh, with the cord cut? What, what is it? You have YouTube? No, I mean, I the the, the classic millennial move is to have <laughs> a relative that uh, hooks you up with oh. the cable subscription package, right? So I don't have cable, but I'm using uh, basically my auntie's uh, my auntie's account. So it's really working out. Yeah. If she yeah. So you're, pil- you're pilfering cable for I'm, free. I'm pilfering. But let me Come tell you something. Off. I think just the fact that you said you own a home at all is like, oh, yeah, we are definitely different age brackets. Because <laughs> that feels like a, a, an impossibility for me. I, uh, I was pretending to save money. And then I was like, this isn't saving any money. It's causing me a, a, a brain aneurysm. I'm out on this. <laughs> oh, I mean, as far as saving money, Joe, I don't watch any regular TV. Like none. You know, like I'm never like Thank surfing you. through the guide to find anything. I mean, at no point. But I will still pay whatever the hell it is, $60 a month, just to make sure I can watch the Warriors games I'm- when the Warriors are playing boys. I'm sure some people would love to hear about yeah, our table bad. takes, but instead we might be looking at the best possible start to uh, Warriors playoff season that could have possibly unrolled. So let's jump in and we're going to start with our first segment, the glass half full. Joe, you might remember this. Look back at recent Warriors hoop. Give me something mm. you like, something you don't. You can go with just one of the categories if you like. I will start us off to give you time to think something I like. Jordan Poole's Karate Kid montage. All right, so here's what the fuck I mean by this. We don't really see these anymore, but sports movies used to feature these montages that took somebody from being good. I mean, like you knew that they had some skill sets. There's a reason why you're there for the fucking movie, right? And then they go through a three or four scene montage and then they become the reason why you're there. Daniel son becomes the fucking karate kid, you know, Rocky Balboa transforms Mm. into that street tough, into the fucking champion that we're there to watch. These last three games, 
It's Jordan's fucking montage to become a superhero. You know, we, we have seen these pieces leading in to the postseason. And we all hoped, we all saw what he might become, but there's no maybe anymore. There, at some point around when Jordan decided to not take that three and get that unbelievable slicing layup where I've never even seen an angle on that to close out the game last night, he has become the karate kid. The montage is complete. This guy is ready to contribute. So one thing I love so far is watching his transformation because it's just been incredible. That was brilliant. I mean, I'm not joking. Like that is brilliant. And Maxime of uh, Rocky's a movie with a boxer who, <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. Um, but no, like on, on the real Jordan pool has been a revelation. I mean, if this doesn't teach me, you guys, everybody out there, the P word as in patience and relaxation when it comes to watching certain players develop. We think that development is a straight line going straight up to Mount Everest. Sometimes it's got peaks and valleys and sometimes guys come out of nowhere. I can't remember a player this good, this young coming out of nowhere like this. Like Chris Webber was great day one. You know what I mean? Like day one Monte's Ascension. Like that was something that's very similar to the Jordan pool thing, but like Monte was coming out of high school and we just didn't see him before. Jordan Poole played and was in the G League, guys. And I didn't think he was an NBA player. Straight up, I'll be I'll be the free freely admit. I'm like, what is he? I don't even know if he's a guard. Is he a, is he an NBA player? Is he a G Leaguer? And then what he's done to me, he's a star. I mean, the three level scoring, the ability to get a shot off wherever he wants, setting up for others. He likes Bielitsa. Look like they're doing the magic to Kareem montages for crying out loud. Oh. He, he's absolutely arrived. And to me, his brain and his understanding of how to get his shot off in the court, and he's explosive. I love everything about JP. I'm with you, Bram. I mean, people fucking used uh, pool to take shots at Bob Myers. I mean, like they, they literally did. They, they, they were ready to give up on him entirely. And now he is almost the centerpiece of a team that has taken the playoffs by storm. And he's also, I'd say the centerpiece of why we should be giving Bob Myers a ton of praise. Whereas, yes. So I feel like, Jordan Poole is is a star in the same way that Steph Curry has star potential or not star potential, but is mm -hmm. a star right in that he's he's a little bit understated. Like I, I love him, but he's not brash in how he operates. Um, he feels like a younger version of that energy, which I think is like it's a culture setting thing as well. Right. Like we've almost we found the next the next Steph Curry, not just on the court, but also off the court. And it's just so satisfying to see because then we have Kaminga in the wings who already looks fantastic. And if I'm going to trust Bob Myers with a late first round pick, I'm sure as hell going to trust him with a number seven pick. And I'm just feeling really good about both of those right now. You know, I know you guys are both Bay Area sports fans and, and I look at this one and, and this is kind of a, an interesting comp for me. We went either or do you want T.O. or Jerry Rice at the end? No, sure. I want them both. I want them to play together for as long as they possibly can. And like this whole either or someone has to be diluted. If Jordan Poole's going to ascend. No, 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 no. He can enhance and be a fountain of youth for Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and Draymond Green and all these guys. And they can all like feed off each other. Like this is like a transformer super character. Not not like one guy taking out the other guy. I don't know why Warrior fans do this thing. He's going to elongate everyone's career. Same thing exactly. for Kaminga. You know, I mean, especially with what we've seen as a playmaking distributor, Poole is taking two of the most efficient offensive players we've ever seen in history and making them more fucking efficient when both Clay and Steph are off the ball. I'll give you another silly uh, movie analogy and something else I liked. 
So this is from Gladiator. Um, oh, yeah. Another old one. All right. There's uh, a scene when, yeah, okay, where Maximus, when Russell Crowe is in front of a hostile crowd, has such success that the only way he can communicate how fired up he is about it is just screams, primal scream, just screams around everybody. Well, I'm sure you guys have figured it out. Draymond fucking Green goes into Denver, strips the MVP in the most important possession of the series. And then the only way he could communicate how excited he was about that was screaming in that home crowd's face. So, I, I mean, I was watching that in an airport. Um, and let's just say I, I scared a few people around me. It was, <laughs> it was good times uh, and another moment I just loved. Maxine, don't you think that Draymond Green has taken this personal, like the whole he's he's done, the back injury, we've seen the best of him, him calling himself out, and then the Joker or the Jokic or whatever the heck people are calling him these days, like the MVP of the league, let me take that dude one-on-one. It feels very personal to me on Draymond Green, and I'm really happy for him. I completely agree. And that's also something that we know the greatest of the great. I mean, Jordan would constantly manufacture reasons to get piss with people um and you see that's like that's what greatness comes from right that's that competitive spirit i also want to shout out um speaking of last night's game uh did you guys see after after the the final buzzer sounded the way that steph was praising wiggins i just i feel like he is people are starting to realize it but my goodness the dude finally has an opportunity to play in the postseason and he is taking full advantage of it this five-man lineup is a full five-man lineup we just are so we it's we are in like an unbelievable treasure trove to have him essentially as our fourth scoring option. I'm glad you brought up Steph Curry. He would be my guy that I'm up, up, up on because th- think about this. Like we know how great he is as an individual player. How many superstars in the history of the NBA would be coming off the bench, even if they were a diminished version of themselves and then see another guy play a similar brand of basketball at a similar position and not only embrace it, but totally empower that young man. And, and and like, I don't know, he took a charge last night on Aaron Gordon late in the uh, late in the game, final couple of possessions. Everybody, he can't play any defense. Like, it was great to see Steph Curry just kind of pop. I think it's one of the great performances off the bench in NBA history. And I don't think that's hyperbole. Just look at the efficiency and the numbers and in the limited amount of minutes. Steph Curry's the greatest teammate I've ever seen in team sports. Yeah. And I, I think that's the one thing that... I don't even know how you quantify that. I just look at everybody that's played around him has been the best version of themselves and then how he acts and what he's allowed the GM Bob Myers to do in contrast to the other player empowerment guys like LeBron and James Harden and Durant who take control of the roster. Steph's the greatest teammate of all time, and he's just solidifying himself as a unicorn amongst all these other players of his generation. And I just, I love everything about Steph Curry. Maxine, we're going to do this later. Let's do it now. So I need your guess. I'm I'm sure you guys could guess for me. So if you were in Steph's position, we're not guessing how Steph feels. I know how Steph feels. Steph is completely supportive and probably it doesn't bother him at all. But if you were in Steph's position, all right, you've now sat three games. You've played fine, played great. But also praise for Jordan Poole is going through the roof, just more and more and more. And those jokes from Reggie and Harlan about, oh, yeah, Steph might sit for the rest of his career, have any more and more. If that was you, would it bother you? Not would you say anything, but just internally, would it bother you a little bit? I'm sure you guys would both guess yes for me. And the answer to that is yes, it would definitely bother me. 
guess for Joe Maxim, because I'm not sure, dude. He's got a little of like my bitter bullshit in him, but he also seems to be like a genuinely good dude, you know? Um, so I don't have a guess yet. I need you to help kind of inform me here. What's your guess? So, so I think, you know, again, because we're thinking about Joe, not what Joe thinks Steph would do. I think, right, Joe has a history as a coach and I think understands the importance of that sort of team chemistry, team building thing. And so I think regardless of how much it may hurt internally, he's going to take that bench spot because he knows it's the best thing for the squad. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right. So I think, I think like immediately, because Joe's also an athlete. He's played a lot of sports. I think like there's a competitive fuck you that, that springs up immediately, but then Joe would stop himself. You know, like I wouldn't have that next step to think it out. Like, don't do this. You know, I just jump into my bitterness and wallow there. I think that Joe has a bitter wall, you know, like something that would kind of stop him. Like, no, 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 dude, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> and then he would, he'd kind of back up Joe. What's the answer? You know, this is a tough one because I've been in this situation. I mean, who hasn't played behind somebody and seen them succeed and, and you feel a certain way. I use the C word contribute. All you want to do is have an opportunity to contribute. Now your opportunity may not start the game or, but whatever, but you want to be in there. And then when you're in there, have an opportunity to contribute. It's really hard to contribute when you don't get any playing time, like yeah. any at all. So like I've talked to Barry Zito about this, right? Not to name drop, but like Barry Zito said when he was de uh, like uh, deactivated from the roster and they were winning the 2010 world series, he was rooting against the team. If I was in his shoes, I probably would feel similarly. But if I was in like an Iguodala role, even if I thought I should be Steph Curry, I think I could kind of mind trick myself into, well, the eight minutes that you're out there, you better freaking contribute. You know what I mean? And you better earn these minutes so you could double your time next time. So that's a way of me kind of straddling the fence. Yeah, no, it was nicely played. It was nicely played. A uh, couple more things I like, then we'll get to the golden questions. Things <laughs> I'm I also like. delusional. I mean, whatever. Who amongst us is not? Um, here's a random backdrop. I promise it'll go back to the Warriors. So a while back, we were at a house. Um, my wife and I was a bunch of family friends. And someone started bragging about their car. They had just recently oh. bought a Tesla. Um, and then off they went, told us how great it was and everything that was there. And it annoyed me the entire time. I said, nothing, fine. You know, we leave the party and a third person, someone else who had been receiving all those compliments, who had said nothing while the other guy was, was, you know, patting themselves on the back, gets into an even nicer Tesla and drives away. And of the two people, the people who went out of their way to tell me how great they were. And then the other person who just showed me, there's no question who I left that party more impressed with. I love that. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully this finishes out. But I love that the Warriors are the second person in that analogy right now. You know, that throughout the fucking regular season, we heard everything from Minnesota. We heard everything from Memphis. We heard everything from Phoenix. We heard all these people who are talking all this shit about how their team is going to be dominant and where they're going. And throughout, the Warriors, players, brass, everyone kept quiet. We have not heard anything. But I would imagine they also knew that they were building this thing that was slowly coming together. And if, you know, if they were right, if it turns out that Jordan Poole was a fucking star, if it turns out that Steph was getting healthy during that last month, if it turns out that Draymond Green actually is the depoy, you motherfuckers, and you didn't see it coming. If all of this comes together and we walk out of the party and get into the nicer Tesla, then this is the best possible case scenario. Dude. I, just, I mean, this is exactly as I like it to play. A lot of, lot, a lot of games left. We're not even out of the first round, but we're at least seeing the parameters for that. And then last compliment, Steph Curry's earned calm. So, you know, Steph's done a bunch of shit that, that is so incredible and fun to watch. 
But there was a moment last night when the Warriors in the second half got down five. Mm. And I'll tell you what, boys, I panicked. I was mm. like, it's over. You know, like, I guess we only need one. You know, you start saying all those things. And <laughs> Steph did not. Did not at all. He, he brought up the ball nice and slow, started the offense exactly as he needed to. It led to six straight points. The Warriors never looked back. That's not talent, ladies and gentlemen. That's earned calm. That's someone who has gone through this so many times and knows what it takes to win, even when adversity seems to be creeping up. So, you know, to put these two points together, it's something that the Memphises of the world do not have yet, you know, and it's another advantage that Steph provides to this team. And I'm here for it. You know, it's, it's been it's just been an incredible week, man. It's just been so much fun being a Warriors fan. Um, and I absolutely love it. I'll give you something I don't. DeMarcus Cousins' petulant face. I forgot how much I, he annoys me. Dude. Like, I can't, I cannot stand the, the, I don't, how he views himself, I guess. Oh, oh, no, this, you're striking a chord. Self-awareness is the number one attribute of an adult. Yes. Okay. Know your limitations, know what you're <laughs> strong at, right? And try to get in where you fit in. And I feel like DeMarcus puts everything through the prism of the first seven years in Sacramento, DeMarcus. Guess what, dude? Right. You're about 60 pounds That's and right. multiple injuries away and many years removed from that guy. Know who you are. Like, you're not that guy. Stop chirping. You're a role player. It's just, I just... And I like, I do, I actually do like DeMarcus off the court, but on the court, he lacks all of what I call the self-awareness check marks to be able to be a contributor on a championship team. Oh yeah. hundred um, percent. There are things that can happen where I allow myself to root for other players, even during the playoffs, but I do it kind of secretly, you know, mm-hmm. like going into the, this series, I was ready to root for DeMarcus because he's an older dude yeah. you know, and like I can associate and like his career is kind of on the balance and I can kind of associate with that. I wanted as long as the Warriors were winning to root for him until I saw that fucking petulant face. And then I remembered how much he annoys me, man. Um, one other thing I don't like, and this is unfair because I don't have another suggestion, boys. I know that the world is looking for a nickname for the three guard lineup. So I don't have a good one, right? But I have one that I don't like, the 3G lineup. I'm out on that. I'm just going to say a, a big 3G. vote no on the 3G okay. thing. And I don't feel like TNG should be able to decide this. This needs to come from the morning roast or from you know some <laughs> local area, somebody who's been watching this team. I liked more money, more problems, you know, because money time with, with pool saying that pick your poison, you know, that's kind of like the spin on that. You know, you got so many weapons out there. I, I heard another one that I absolutely liked when my dad came up with three and D Holy Trinity, you know, you've got the three ball, the defense, the whole tree. It's a little wordy, you well, know, a little wordy. Well, I told him yeah. people, you know, purple people eaters, probably the oldest, longest reference yeah. in terms of a nickname. It's gotta be a little more snappy. You know what? Just call him champions at the end of the year. It doesn't matter. We'll, we'll come up with some sort of a name. I do think he's been knighted as the third Splash Brother, though. Like, if this were, like, the comic book or the movie, like, don't you think that Jordan Poole has gone through the knighthood right now? Like, he slayed the the lion out in the field, and now he's coming back, and King Arthur, a.k.a. Steve Kerr, is, like, basically crowning him as the third, uh, you know, Splash Bro. The second that Reggie Miller is making jokes that Steph Curry needs to stay on the bench to make sure that Jordan Poole continues his ascension. Well, there you go. You know, that's there's there's your knighthood right there. You don't you don't need a lot else. So so this is something I mean, uh, look, uh, when we were talking about how we would feel if we were Steph Curry coming off of the bench, like, I mean, I know that he he said as much quite recently. Right. He doesn't care about anything except for the chip. 
right? And that's the right attitude, but that's also the double-edged sword of Stephen Curry because he's the type of dude that has that calm poise that mm. makes you not really understand how much his impact leads to the team's success, even more than what you see with the eye test when you're not really paying attention. And this leads me to Andre Iguodala's finals MVP award, right? Where, oh, Iguodala was just doing all those little things. And I could just, I could see it happening. And look, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. We had a long road before we get to the finals, but in the back of my mind, if I'm Steph Curry, I'm like, man, man, they're all, they're putting all the pieces in place right now for it to be Jordan Poole. That's the glue that holds this all together in a finals run. And that would, that makes me a little bit scared right now as somebody that just like really wants this for Steph. Don't you make me dislike Jordan Poole right now, man. Well, let's, let's not even <laughs> jump down. We're not jumping down that rabbit hole. I'll just, okay. Just, all right. We can talk well, about it later. We just, we need the PSA when we get there. He, it's, it's uh, drives me nuts. I mean, Iggy, Iggy held LeBron to a triple-double, averaging 35 points a game. Like, that was an absurd one. It was like when Renneria got the MVP of the World Series instead of Tim Lincecum. That was, like, absolutely absurd. The guy hit one home run. The other guy won two games um, for the team. So, yeah, I agree with you. But here's the thing. If he can get that fourth title, that's really what separates him. He elevates over guys like Larry Bird, for example, winning winning four rings. Go back to All-Star Weekend in Cleveland. He was celebrated amongst his peers as one of the top five players of all time. I don't necessarily think that finals MVP is something that those guys, the peers, that's who he's looking for, his peer kind of um, approval. I, I think they realize that that's kind of a voter thing and not a him thing. I think amongst his peers, he is dramatically respected. Boys, let me push us towards our golden questions. Joe, you may remember this. This is the mailbag segment. Um, it looks back and asks us stuff about the Warriors, occasionally asks us to get personal. This one did ask us to get personal, but we already covered it. It was the how would you feel if you were in Steph's shoes? Um, so instead, I'm going to jump to the question that I'm most excited to hear your opinion on, Joe. And you are the man I want to talk to about this. Uh -oh. So I'm going to paraphrase it because I don't have it up in front of me. It, it essentially asks us to grade Chase Center's performance so far, right? So we're, we're a couple games out, and, and it might not be in recent memory because we just watched Denver. But this is the first time we have watched Chase Center in a playoffs. We've all spent, what, three years, four years mm -hmm. being worried about this. You know, Oracle is legendary in how loud it got. So take a moment, think on it, and then grade them. And upsides, downsides, how have Warrior fans done at Chase so far? Ooh, how Warrior fans have done it, Chase? Or how does Chase in general as a venue with the Warrior fans in them? Like how? Great question. Just let's, the let's, overall thing? Let's I don't make it, know. What, if you had to grade what kind of playoff advantage Chase okay. Center gives to the Warriors, how in, would you grade? In terms of atmosphere, I, I think it's already at a B plus, right? Yep. At, at least. Okay. And that's me, you know. Holding Oracle in the, and I'm talking Oracle Arena, in the highest of highest regards. Now, people can sit here and dilute and say, hey, you know, really the last three years at Oracle, they had priced out a lot of the real fans. They're not wrong. Yeah. There was, though, a vibe when you took BART or when you went to the parking lot out there and you drove over there. There was just a vibe about going in there that was gritty. It had that Oakland feel to it. I'm, I'm sorry. It just did. And I was really worried. I'm a San Francisco native. And I'm like, you can't lose that soul and that grittiness yeah. from Oakland because these are the two sides of the Bay uniting. And so I was worried about what it would feel like. I was out there Monday night. I didn't go to game one, but I was out there Monday night at game two. And let me tell you, in terms of atmosphere, Playoffs across sports, 
It's as good as any of I've, I've been to. Now you got to do this over and over and over and over again. I look at AT&T Park, now Oracle Park. Part of what's charming about it is 20 years, it feels like there are lifetimes of memories, okay? Mm-hmm. We had Levi's for almost 10 years. Not a lot of memories. Not a lot of memories. The one thing I think this Warrior team will have is an opportunity to generate memories this year, next year, and the year after it. I think it's going to be really important. So, like, what is a Memphis series if they were to match up? What does that feel like with that team that's talked smack all year? Does it get grittier? Does it get a little more loud and upbeat? What does Phoenix look like? Who do if if they can get as far? Do you know what does it look like in in, in a finals? All those things matter in terms of the vibe. City is off the hook. Yeah. Like it is great. You're going in. Like I'm watching Jurassic Park. I don't know a couple of years ago. I'm thinking, wow, that's what Thrive City is going to be like. We're not there yet because they didn't broadcast some of the games out front. It was drizzling, right. mm-hmm. but you could see where this is going. Bars everywhere. The vibe going was awesome, and the acoustics inside are off the hook. It felt like the place was rocking. Part of why I love Candlestick, you could feel underneath you like the whole thing start to rock. 18T feels that way for baseball. Yeah. You know for Big playoff games, game one, you could feel it rock when Buster hit that home run. When JP did that da, ah, 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 backwards on Boogie Cousins, I felt the place rock. Were you there, Bram? No, I haven't gone yet. Oh, uh, yeah, bro. the next home game, I'm hopefully going to be there. I'm not kidding. It it was as loud of a venue as I've been to in four or five years, you know? Um, but again, it's been so long, you know, pre-COVID right. Right. since we've had packed houses. I, it's, it's hard for me to kind of like juxtapose the two, but... I think it's a B plus already, and I'm not faulting anybody who thinks it's an A minus. You do need statues, though. Like to me, you need some of them statues and some of those, you know. And it needs this other thing. It needs to wear off some of the brand new film. You know that new couch that you need to kind of sit in and and get your little spot in. It needs those things. But I think it's 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 been a great addition to the organization. Maxine, we're going to lose you. So why don't you go first before? Uh, before Apologies, we- I ran them off. No, you're all no. good. <laughs> I know. I, I, I mean, I appreciate that perspective because I haven't had a chance to go either. i dying to. But the thing that I want to ask is, are we not handing out yellow shirts? Because they changed I, it, bro. Uh, this is they changed, it. They changed it to black shirts, but motherfuckers aren't wearing the shirts, dude. Uh, I mean, even if it was, I mean, regardless, if everybody was wearing black shirts, that's just a different vibe. I, I don't know. There are lights on. If they're going to turn all the lights off and it's just blackout, like I could see that, but that doesn't work for a basketball game. Like we need brightness. We need this like imposing the fans are here and you are fucked because it's not just the five guys on the court. It's the like 20,000 or whatever that are around them. Well, here's the other part, Maxine. This is something I was thinking about. Like, okay, I just got a sweet warrior coat and I just got my sweet, you know, San Francisco warrior Jersey. I'm not really trying to throw on the the freebie t-shirt that quite frankly, doesn't fit me properly. Right. So no, I know I want to be a part of the crew, but like, Oh, no, I'm trying to rock on, my Joe. San Francisco Wilt jersey, Look, yo. This actually, this reminds me, I actually have a bone Do I sound crazy? No, and you're, everyone else does the same thing. But my bone to pick with you, I've been to one game in my life, one game where they gave out a, a free shirt and I didn't wear it. It was the game I went to with you, Joe. And I think it's because I was flirting with you, dude. It's like, I kind of like, I wanted to cement our, our relationship. You didn't put on the shirt. I came home and Erica's, because she watched the game, my wife was like, oh, you know, did you come back with shirts? I was like, no, I didn't even wear it, which is, continues to be a bro, my bad, on my, my own bad. 
fan report card. Uh, but Maxime, have you been happy? I mean, what do you think? Did you, you impress the Chase Center? Oh, yeah. Overall, I mean, you could feel it through the television set. It is a is a different energy, right? It's everything that everybody said, like, hey, you got to wait. Like, don't judge the crowd until it's the playoffs. I mean, what I've noticed is the amount of butts and seats at the beginning of the third quarter is uh Night and day compared to what it was. Oh yeah, no, it's still unacceptable, but like there are more, right? You feel it happening. And I think that some of that new energy sheen ultimately that's going to get peeled off. It's going to get better and better. I have a feeling. And I'm not trying to defend the new fans or people that are new, but I will say I've been there only, let's say less than 10 times. There are so many parts of that arena that I don't know. And so you drift off and take a wrong left or wrong right. And the next thing you know, you're two or three portals down from where you should be. I'm not like justifying. I'm just saying like, it's going to take a couple of years is what I'm getting at. You're not wrong. Um, So Tim Roy gave that. So I, let's say first, I agree with all the platitudes that were given to these fans. They have shown up with real passion. Something I was worried about. I'm not worried about it anymore. Do I have some critiques? Yeah, yeah, I do. Not being there to start the third quarter in a playoff game is a little ridiculous. Tim Roy, we threw this at Tim Roy towards the beginning of the season. And what he said was, look, it's what you said, Joe. Give him some time. You got to learn the the you know the ins and outs of the stadium. And maybe they just don't know how long it gets uh, it takes to get back to the seats. Fine. There's been two playoff games now. In this next oh. home game, people better be in seats. Um Two, you guys brought up the the shirts. I understand where you're coming from, Joe. But if the team has decided, we need you guys to participate. This is an advantage for us Mm -hmm. in the playoffs. This is how we want you to create the imposing environment that Maxime has described. Then, yeah, dude, put it on. I don't care how much your uh, jersey was, Joe. Put on the shirt to help these fools. They need to put it on the Jumbotron more too as well. Hey, put it on the shirt. Like that's another thing that I noticed that they didn't necessarily do. They're not telling you to do it. You got to tell people what to do. Let me connect these two points because it, it is the one critique that I had. Because you're right, Joe. Um, the, if they put it up on the board, people would listen. But I'm going to flip that into a critique. The, the Oracle, one of the things I used to love about the fan base there is that it was an intelligent sports crowd. Then that sure. got diluted. You're not wrong to say that that fan base changed a little bit with the tax bracket as well. But we didn't need reminders. You know, no. the, when, when the crowd needed to break into a defense chant, it was the crowd who, who kind of decided it. It wasn't the big jumbo board. And we're seeing some of those problems. In fact, it's not just me. I'm stealing this point from Draymond Green. So there was a moment in that game two, where the Warriors' success was so awesome that it frustrated Denver. They started turning on each other, you know, and like Monte Morris goes after DeMarcus Cousins in the huddle and they talked to Draymond about it. And here's what he said. He, he, he talked about going out and trying to fire up the crowd. He wanted the Warriors crowd to, to you know, recognize what was happening and then flame up that dysfunction. And when they asked him about it afterwards, he said, quote, the crowd should notice that and they should be very loud for that took me a while to get them loud. That was disappointing. You know, it's the kind of thing like we, we, if if I'm, if I'm going fine point critiques on the crowd, I want our, our collective sporting IQ to go back up through the roof because that's, that's who this area is. And I want to show that um, on it. You're not wrong. No, no, you're not wrong, but it's also a byproduct of this guys. The thing I got in my hand, which is a cell phone, right? right? Like we, 
just think about it. In five years, we've infinitely become more addicted to our technology. Yep. The amount of people that are head down in their phone in every walk of life, let alone at, a, at an arena, is through the roof. Plus, there's a, um, you know, just entertainment overload when you go to the games. There's all these things popping off and happening and sound. So that specific moment, sure. Draymond's coming out onto the court. I'm looking at Dre. I'm looking over at the Denver bench. I'm trying to do both simultaneously yep. on the scoreboard. They're, they're like, oh, my God, the lady with the plates is coming out. You know what I mean? Like there's like 50 million things going on at once and they're shooting out T-shirts. People are trying to run to the bathroom. It, it is like there's too many things. DJ Sharp is playing music. Like I'm not trying to knock them. There's just there's so many elements of entertainment going on simultaneously. You do get distracted. And I'm right. guilty of this as, as much as any. This is why, again, number one thing, I try to turn the phone off, but so many people are addicted to their phone, even just for a second. Oh, pause in the action. Let me check TikTok. Let me check Insta. Let me post this photo on this, on that. So I, you're, you're right. I'm not saying, but I also think this is a larger indictment on society. You're not wrong. I, and I love that you added DJ Sharp in there, that you gave us the actual name as opposed to just DJ music because you're 100% on the money. Last question, boys. Uh, Bro, I was so discombobulated. I'm like, what? what's happening right now? Is Draymond <laughs> fighting Jokic? Because earlier, Curry got in between. I, it's so hard to tell when you're at the game. And they don't show replays of these dust-ups. They don't. They don't at all. And then you're like, the play lady. The play lady's here. <laughs> Let's go. No, the Christmas sweater. The Christmas sweater lady. Well, there she is. The kiss cam's coming up. Love her too. Friend of the podcast. Last question. Question, boys. So <laughs> we, we talked about this last week. I want an updated version of it. Biggest reason why the Warriors will win it all. Biggest reason why the Warriors might not win it all. Uh, Maxime, why don't you go first? Yeah, biggest reason they might win it all. I'm actually really sad to say this, but it's two words, Devin Booker. Um, I was real scared of Phoenix, and I think that injury, you know, the hamstring will persist even if he comes back on the court, you know, and it frustrates me because I think full strength, we could still beat them, uh, but they were our biggest impediment to getting all the way there, at least in the West. So, and biggest reason I think that we will win it, it's whatever this nickname is that we haven't come up with yet for this five-man lineup. It is um, the next level of things that people haven't been able to figure out in the regular season uh, because they haven't seen it a bunch. And it's, it's an absolute deadly secret weapon. Joe, what do you think? Well, I think they won't win it because they can't defend the rim. I, I think that is one area that it's a little worrisome right now, obviously execution down the stretch. There's no doubt you get into a game four, five, six, seven teams, know your tendencies. They know what you want to do. They know your counter moves because they've played you three, four times in a row. But for me, it's, it's length around the rim has really been a problem. Aaron Gordon, even though uh, he didn't have a great game yesterday, was in that dunker spot and was giving them fits in that third quarter. So I'm worried there because they are undersized why will they win it guys look there's just a, a championship medal about this organization these are war daddies proven playoff war daddies we have given the san antonio spurs so much mystique of winner dudes when i feel like this warrior version andre looney Draymond, Clay, and Steph Curry with the head coach, Steve Kerr. Name me a more accomplished set of six guys in NBA history over the last 25, 35, 45 years. Like this is a team that should be able to draw from those past experiences. They've infused Jordan Poole. Their chemistry and, and their experience in these tight situational games. You talked about the calm, the earned calm. Like that's all of these guys. That's all of these guys. So to me, that's, I think that's the biggest thing that they've got going for them is they've been there, done that. 
took a risk by letting you go first, Joe, and you burned me. So I'm not oh. going to be able to say anything better. You've, you just stole my two fucking points. And I literally like, if we could go back, what, 30 <laughs> seconds ago, it's like, should you go? No, let him go. And then just that bad. whole time I was hating you, just hating you the whole thing. Oh. So I'm, I'm going to say the same things in a different, faster way. Let's hear it. Yeah. All right. The thing I'm worried about size, man. DeMarcus Cousins look like Shaquille O'Neal occasionally. Yeah. You know, that, that that spin dunk, you know, and, and before he, he went back down the floor and uh, and celebrated on our asses, that's a problem. And for the DeAndre Aytons and Giannis, so that's where we end up, and that's the matchup. If I'm worried about anything, there it is. It's, yeah. it's a lack of size. Not a new take. You know, shit, we've been talking about it all year, but it's, it's still We're talking about it since day one when exactly. Bogey got hurt. Exactly right. Look, Wiseman is supposed to be here. He's not. That's a problem. I get it. But but to end it on an optimistic note, right? What are the things you need to win a to win a title? Talent, check. Yes. Coaching, check. Depth, yes. check. Experience, check. You know, we this these guys. There's there's no objective thing that's missing. You know, like all of these things that you need coming into a playoff, mm. they have them all. So you know, will they do it? I don't know. We'll find out together. But one hell of a start. And they sure as hell have the pieces to make this thing be a storybook ending. Let me ask you to this question. We're warrior fans. We're biased. We're jaded. But we argue with people that aren't warrior fans all the time, whether it's work, whether it's online, going to games, etc. Don't you feel like one ring? One ring for this core, Draymond, Clay, and Steph, them specifically, validates the entire thing that they've done over the last decade. Isn't it like the icing yes. on the cake? It's kind of like the last. No, you cannot dilute anything we've done. No, we didn't just join join up with Draymond. I mean, uh, with Kevin Durant. Yes. No, we didn't just win because Kyrie got hurt. Like everything was real, and we did it again when you guys all counted us out. The, the time I'm most powerful in an argument, Joe, is when I feel like I don't have to participate in it, right? So like, and I've pretended like that over these last few years, you know, and the, the Warriors are fucking dynastic, dude. They've got, they got championships I never exactly. thought they'd have. And so I'd like to, when people came in and took shots at the Warriors titles, I'd like to be in that position where I just smile and I don't have to participate, but I still do. You know, I, I still find myself being yeah. a little pissy about the finals MVP thing and that and how defensive. Gonna, so if they do, if they win it now, then I'm in that place we're talking about. Like, oh, say anything you want. You know, like I don't, I would, I don't even have to participate in that argument. Um, and I and Maxime, I know you got to bounce, dude. So like, if this this doesn't play for you, it's no problem. But it's it's uh, this sparked another question, and Joe, both of you guys are perfect for it. So I was just on a vacation, came back now. Um, we saw some friends I hadn't seen for a while. They introduced me to a new guy. That new guy was a Warriors fan, oh. and he was one of those people. And I don't know if this ever happens to you, but when you meet a, a you know new person who roots for the same team. Either it's a fun conversation or it immediately gets strangely competitive where you're like, where you, where you want to show the other person like, well, I know this about that team. So his first take right off the jump, out the shoot was one of those. I forget what it was. Like maybe it like referenced Von Tigo. I don't know. It, it had something that like he wanted to have a competitive conversation. Okay. When you are there in that. So I immediately jumped and it got hell of awkward and you know, it was, it was really poorly handled, but for you, like if you guys are in that scenario, do you feel like you have to prove your sports fandom every time? Like, do you start firing off a bunch of facts or can you just sit back and not participate at all? Maxine, why don't you go? Cause you're yeah. not going to like what I got to say. <laughs> 
I mean, this just happened to me. I was, I was telling Joe off air. We got a, I was on a plane recently with a bunch of uh, Raptors fans. Um, and they started getting in my grill about my Warriors oh. fandom. And, oh, it was, it was, it was brutal. I mean, to be fair, actually, they, they ended up being like huge uh, basketball heads and they all ended up being rooting for different teams. It was actually pretty fun. They were a bunch of really good guys. Um, shout out to that crew, I guess. Uh, but no, it was, it, it quickly got heated because one of them was a big LeBron fan and nothing riles me up more than the debate as to whether or not, you know, LeBron is better than this Warriors team. Um, and it's just going back and forth. And the dude clearly he'd been hanging out with his boys for days. I had not warmed up at all. So he was just like rattling off all this uh -oh. shit at me and like, <laughs> spitting me. Uh, it's just, it was absolutely brutal. So yeah, I got, I got pretty elevated and uh, luckily there were some other Warriors fans on the plane and together we ganged up on them but um no i i definitely get involved joe oh, definitely man. tries to match him before joe tells us because i'm i love how he phrased that you're not gonna like what i have to say my guess is joe matches him yeah. he, oh, yeah. he, no. like one take he does it by the like fourth or fifth take joe's casually mentioning you may want to listen to 95.7 the game yeah. <laughs> so Start it depends eight, you know <laughs> if they don't know that i'm working in media like i'll just kind of go with the flow and be like kind of low-key and casual with it if they know i work in media it's almost insufferable because i get every freaking take mm. on every freaking player <laughs> and every team that they're a fan of all at once like they're Rambo in the middle of the jungle <laughs> like they've just got a strap filled with takes and there's rat-a-tat-tatting them and there's nothing worse than the guy like this Jimmy G huh huh this Jimmy G and it's like God damn it. I don't want to talk about Jimmy. G. I talk about Jimmy G for 22 hours a week, every single week. And I'm Jimmy G fatigued out, you know, not that I don't love sports. It's like, I don't need another person's opinion mm. on Jimmy Garoppolo. I know he's mediocre. I get it. You know? So it's like, but everywhere I go, everywhere I go, if they know that I'm in sports, they can't just give me one or two quick opinions. It's got to be every opinion that they have. And I'm just smiling and going along with it. But what I've learned is that look, man, you give somebody a minute, you smile, you go with the flow, and then you do that. I got to go that way, okay? I got something else that's very important. I got to keep going because otherwise I literally will be there in lockstep with them for three hours. Maxime, you just described the Warriors game I took him to. It was me just firing off tags left and right. <laughs> yeah, we had a great Jimmy time. G, Jimmy G. He's like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom. It's weird. It's, gonna be, it's a pretty long trip. So I'm a little sick to my stomach. You know, what's funny is we had a couple beers and I don't normally drink. And he asked me a question. Who's your favorite warrior player of all time? And then, and I cemented in with Latrell Sprewell. Okay. Cemented in and he kept wow. badgering me about Latrell. So I went back and I was looking at some of my grammar school cards. You know, when you do like picture day and you no, you'd have your little basketball no fucking Latrell Sprewell gear on. So I looked at, so I looked it up. Right. And I'm looking at the back of the card. 91, 92 Joe Shasky, number five, favorite player player chris mullen i knew oh. it i knew it dude oh man i never i wanted these. to give bram the one I, it was just me talking out my you know what <laughs> off of a couple of beers and I, i'm like i swear it was the trail spree well i knew it there's no way there's no this way all right perfect place to end i'm so happy i love you bram. Out. there we go and thank we, you for calling me out on my shenanigans we got there joe i'm not the only one who <laughs> loves you and this ending for those who need more shasky in their lives where should they go go to 95 said in the game listen in the morning me and bonte the guy who does the warrior pre and post game show i'm the only one who can keep him in check god damn it he's on fire right now looking like a million bucks you know come in and make fun of us big league bonte exactly right for us you know where to find us you want to get us a question for the golden question segment it's uh what's our email address maxime huddle at warriorshuddle.com i, I want to find us on social media we're at one place twitter at 
uh, Warriors Huddle. With that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, see you next week. Good, good. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.